You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 390 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, and today's podcast uh, on this fine Monday centers on the NBA draft. The draft is, of course, about a month away. In fact, I think it's exactly a month away uh, based on the date today, and that's fitting because we have Brian Schroeder on the podcast to talk all about the draft. What's going on, man? Uh, Nothing much. Off work for a few days, so that's good. Yeah, it's always good to not have to be, you know, working, especially those of us that have day jobs. Um, Not always fun. So I'm nope. with you 100% on that. <laughs> We're going to sort of run the gamut here on some draft stuff. Uh, you, I will let you pump this as, uh, as much as you want to, but you're doing a, a Patreon of a ton of uh, quality NBA draft stuff in advance of the draft, so I will definitely let you uh, pump that out later, but wanted to tell the people about that uh, early and often here. Um, you know, we'll save the number three pick stuff for the end because that's sort of the, the headline stuff, but you know, at, sort of at, at the start here... Do you have a guy or two or three or however, however many you want that you think you're probably higher on than the consensus? Because, you know, obviously, you know, it's with, with the Hawks having all these picks spread out, there's just so many guys in play right now. Well, I would have said a month ago, I would have said uh, Zaire Smith and Shea Gilders Alexander, but now they're both looking like top 10 picks. So I don't really know who my guy is in that zone. Because um, those are two of my five favorite players in the draft. Probably number two and number three, honestly, at this point. Um, a, a guy I've been really l- watching more stuff on lately, and I'm really getting into. I don't know if he's going to stay in the draft, and I don't know if the Hawks would take him. But Sagaba Kanade from West Virginia is uh kind of a monster physically. Like I, I we already knew this, but it's it's kind of terrifying to see a six seven two fifty five guy with a seven foot wingspan and a thirty five inch vertical playing center. Uh, it actually reminds me his phys- like physically reminds me a lot of Jason Exeel. But he's like cut and not uh, 290 pounds or whatever Mexico <laughs> yeah. weighing in it. But he has that same kind of like insane second, third, fourth. I would something I wish they would test at the combine is like it's more more important to me personally than like just <clears throat> raw vert or even like the one step vert or no step is that they just had guys do the vert. I mean, it's not. I don't know how you'd really measure the second, third jumps on this on the same vert thing, but. It's an important skill to have, especially for a rim protector. And Kanade has a – he kind of floats around, which at his size is terrifying. He does the, the Ben Wallace block. I've never seen anyone else do it where he'll he'll position his hips to let a guy go in the air past him. And then when the guy's past him, he'll reach his arm out and block him from like sideways from behind. He did that so many times. And it's like that's not something that people do – it's not something you're, you're supposed to be able to just do, but when you're enormous and you can hang in the air for two, three seconds, you just sort of, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a unique skill set. He may go back to school. I know. Cause he wants to work on his post game more because that's what people, people lie to you until you need to do that. Right. But he shot like 78% from the line and he is taking threes at the combine. So like, I, I think he could convince a team to take him. At least in the top forty, like he should, he has a chance to be a legitimate rim protector and rim runner. Um, he's also kind of reminiscent of Quincy AC, but he's got more skill than that. But he's just sort of that same kind of guy. He's just really big, like a thick guy. Yeah, I think uh, I think your point is great. Cool. Yeah, he, he may go back as you said. 
Um, at the same time, like he, he's a pretty clear example of somebody who's now skyrocketing to the point where like you're hearing him at the end of the first round, which you never would have heard a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, you know, you mentioned the Hawks not potentially not taking out a guy like that because, you know, all indications are now the Hawks are probably going to end up with a big at number three. Yeah. And, you know, they probably won't be centering on bigs later on, especially because there are so many perimeter guys that could be available in that 30-34 range. But, you know, kind of tell you is, he's a freak, man. Like, and you could see it at the combine. Like, he's actually a little bit more skilled than you would imagine, even if he's not super-duper skilled and just, you know. He's quick. Yeah, athletically, he's you wouldn't peg him as a center based on his height, but he has everything else that you'd ever want. And, you know, height doesn't necessarily matter as much anymore when you're as long as he is. No. Um, and he's the sort of guy too, when you hire a player development coach to be your head coach, you want to get guys who you can mold. And he's the most, one of the most moldable guys, like in the end of the first, same and like Alizé Johnson are the two guys that I, you look at and are like, well, athletically they can do pretty much anything. So maybe you could teach them how to play basketball. Especially defensively, like, like you know, Lloyd Pierce has been pretty vocal about being a defense first yeah. guy. Conte would certainly fit into that mold pretty snugly, and he has upside. I mean, I think you know, every time I mention uh, some of the veterans, and we can talk about them if you want to, like some of the older guys, you know, late first round. Most of them are guards, Kanate, I would say. But, yeah, Kanate's twenty one, but he's been playing basketball for like five years. Yeah, so there's more upside there. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's more raw <laughs> for sure. Uh, uh, just to move on, a couple other bigs. Again, maybe not guys the Hawks would draft, but uh, two guys I'm actually really high on who I think should be top 20, 25 players are uh, Jonte Porter, Michael's brother, who is the exact opposite of Kanade, where he's 6'11", 240, but he had the highest body fat. He's got like no, very little speed and like vertical. He's just an extremely clever player. He's an excellent shooter. He's an excellent passer. Um. It's actually it's a point somebody made. I think it was Dean Demarcus made the point the other day. Like at some point, these teams are going to have to start realizing they're undervaluing these kind of pudgy, high high skill bigs because it's been up so many guys now. Mar- Marcus All, Jokic, uh, even Draymond to an extent. Like these guys who don't have great NBA bodies but have every skill you would want will be good. Like I don't know if Jonte will be that good, but I think he could be a top ten player from the draft because he's just really. Worst case, he looks like he'd be like a Sam Perkins type, which would be immensely valuable today. Yeah, and with with Jonte, I, th- I can't remember who reported this. Well, I'm not even sure if it was a report, but there was a little bit of buzz earlier today, actually, that he might actually go back to Missouri, which seems crazy to me. Um, but he, I guess hasn't, he hasn't hired an agent yet. Yeah, yeah, he could. He could. He could go back. And but I'm with you. I think you know Porter was a guy who I didn't love. And he, he had a slow start this season and was uh, not great early on, but he came on a, in a big way I mean, late. He was also the young. He's he's also the youngest player in the draft. Yeah, he was the, he was the late reclassified guy, and like unlike Marvin Bagley, Marvin Bagley was really old for his previous months, class. Yeah, he's six months younger than Bagley. Yeah, and those were the two reclassifies, and uh, yeah, there you go on that. He's two but, months younger than, than Jaron Jackson, who is the uh, one of the whose big telling point is that he's so young. So like, yeah. I, He's an insanely young. Like he's he doesn't turn nineteen until the middle of November. And I mean, it it might be a red flag that he didn't come in, you know, quote unquote, in the best shape in the world. But I think once you get that guy in a pro system, you, you could also take a little bit of solace that he probably will get in better shape. It's just kind and of it's not like happens. it's not like he he has no stamina. He's just not fast. He's not very fast. He's not very strong. He doesn't have a high, huge vertical. He's just kind of a normal normal proportioned man. I mean, he's got a seven foot wingspan. But. <laughs> Yeah, n- not. A, I don't think anybody in the draft is normal proportion uh, in terms of actual but like, human beings. But, but yeah, like, but like, I mean, he was getting criticized because he had like a fifteen percent body fat. It's like yeah, I don't. I don't think I know anyone in real life who has a fifteen percent body fat. Like he's still he's fine. He's not gonna be. He's not gonna be like a just 
plotting, unplayable like Jared Sollinger type. Like no, he can move and he's super. I mean, you mentioned that's the first thing he said. He's a good defender. He's so skilled. That's the thing. Like yeah. you can't ignore that kind of guy just because he's not a physical freak athlete. That some of the guys, and, and that's the reason he's going to fall to a certain extent. But I think he's going to go in the first round if he stays in the draft. I think somebody will yeah. fall in love with him justifiably. Uh, two more guys, real quick. I forgot I had two more who are like I have these guys in the same tier as Mitchell Robinson, Robert Williams, all these guys, and Jared Vanderbilt is um and uh yeah it's uh Gary Clark from Cincinnati who is almost twenty four but he uh he basically is Paul Millsap he's got Paul Millsap skill set he's six eight has a near seven foot wingspan sixty one percent true shooter shoots threes block shots does everything I just don't think he may not even get drafted he may just show up at somebody's camp, win a roster spot, and be like a good 15-20 minute player for nine years, but uh, Gary Clark is good. He's a good basketball player. <clears throat> and then the other guy who is like the another weird inversion of Kanate is uh, Ayan Penova from Marshall, who is... Uh, he has the weirdest skill set in the draft, for bigs <laughs> at least. He's 6'9", 215. He's extremely skinny, but he has an alleged 7'6 wingspan. He, uh, Which is insane. He was a wing growing up for his entire career until he got he gained it's like the Anthony Davis thing he got like seven inches taller one year and suddenly he was playing center but he's got incredible shot talk, shot blocking instincts he actually has I think the highest second highest blocks per 40 in in my in, in everyone on my in my whole thing which is like 300 players five blocks but he also has one of the highest assist rates for big because he like takes the ball off the rim on the break and hits people for cuts he's a pretty good shooter he could be better he's kind of a weird release He's good rebounding. He's good. He's just a weird. He's very fast. If he could gain any strength or like hold up at all in the NBA, he'll probably be pretty good. And he's already been playing. He was playing at Marshall. He's playing at Dan Antoni's system, so he already can do like NBA level offensive reads at least, and like knows how to play fast and play up tempo systems. So like, I think he's a second round guy because like his body is weird. Like I don't know if he can put on that much weight, but he's. He was one of the better defensive players in college basketball last year, and Marshall was a very good team, mainly for that reason. Like, he just kind of came out of nowhere. He's a very strange player. Yeah, very he, weird skill set. Yeah, he is a very weird uh, guy. I was honestly, I mean, I, I recognized just from watching college basketball, but not through a necessarily through a draft prism until fairly recently. And yeah, a pretty weird. That's just about, probably the best way to put it. Is just he's a very strange skill set um there's one guy i actually wanted to ask you ask you about specifically and uh, he's he's apparently you know skyrocketing right now that's josh Kogi, who i know you were on a little bit earlier oh, yeah. than most um so please just have the floor about josh Kogi because especially because he's he's, um, he's, he's he's a local product in terms of being a georgia tech suit too so a lot of hawks fans have interest in him uh for obvious reasons he is a freakish like he's a freak he's only six four apparently but he plays like he's six eight he plays like um, he's like a more athletic David Nwaba, like skill wise, but it has more skill too. Like it's, I don't know. It's, it's a very strange, uh, he's got a weird comp because the, the obvious, the comp people were doing for a while was Shumpert, but he doesn't, he like Shumpert was a guard. Like he, Shumpert was more of a ball handler in college. That, that wouldn't, that, that, that comp wouldn't exist if they didn't play Georgia Tech. Yeah. That's the only reason that the comp yeah. exists. Um, <laughs> I, who did I compare him to? I had him, let me find that. I think I have my thing up here. I did some of these comps like. Yeah, uh, yeah. okay, so the the highest level comparison you could do for him is, like, what if you could do, like, 80% of Dwayne Wade? Like, good Dwayne Wade. Because he's got, like, real... He's really got... He's got huge hands. He's really hard to stop one-on-one. 
anyone that size, and he blocks a lot of shots because he's got a seven foot wingspan and the highest vert in the draft, I think. Him or Grayson Allen. Uh, let's see what he shot. I have it up here because I know he shot pretty well. Got fifty five percent true shooting. It's pretty good for an energy wing, especially when he was easily the number one option and like was basically yep. the focus of the defense every night in college. Like I know a lot of these guys are like that, but you know I have the uh, I guess it's either pleasure or misfortune of having of watching a ton of Georgia Tech basketball. Uh, and Josh Kogi was their I don't want to say their entire offense, but he was a huge part of their offense to the point where he well, yeah, was overused. It's, I don't know if that's something you should like have as a major factor, but if you're trying to compare two guys and you want to see who has a higher trajectory, who has more upside, like him or Kevin Knox. Like Kevin Knox was not – it didn't really work when he was the main option at Kentucky. He just doesn't have the ball skill. He's a pretty good shooter. But Akogi was like a workhorse. You know, and where a guy like uh, – like Lonnie Walker wasn't really. He came off the bench, but like uh, Kata Bates' job was the entire offense. So it's, it, I mean, you can use that if as a way to uh, delineate between guys. Zanin Musa is a guy who shouldered a lot of offensive responsibility for his team, which played in a better league than any of these guys did. Um, I'm, so, I'm so glad you said that, by the way, because, uh, you know, that's been a huge talking point with, with Luca, who we'll definitely get to. But, uh, <laughs> the, the level of competition is very uh, important to realize, and I think uh, you know. I think most for, most people get for, it at for, this point. For, but there are some European guys who play in lower leagues that yes. I would probably consider lesser than the NCAA. But still, like nobody nobody playing in any team anywhere near the Euro League is going to be having guys who are going pro as an accountant anytime soon. Like they're grown <laughs> men. Those guys are pro basketball players. Play basketball, basketball professionally. Players. Like, yeah. Like uh, you get the thing, like uh, you're seeing it now, where like, oh, Doncic played on a team with Anthony Randolph and Rudy Fernandez. That's a great, like, two failed NBA players, and it's like Anthony Randolph and Rudy Fernandez would both average 35 points a game in the NCAA right now. Well, yeah, like, I mean, they would. Rudy the Fernandez is Eddie Tavares right now. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie Tavares, you know, famous Hawks sort of. I don't want to say Hawks you know, legend. Yeah, Hawks legend exactly. But like people, like uh, you know, they were using him as an example of like a way of crap on Doncic, and it's like guys. Did you watch college basketball? Eddie would be an all-American. Like, yeah, he every, would. He would block everything. Right. In the world. He, so, <laughs> I, I get it. Like, it's easy to like. I saw there was a. I guess it was some sort of screenshot making a way around, like sort of poking fun at Doncic about being the Euroleague MVP and like posting the list of Euroleague MVPs. And I was like, those guys are all good basketball players. <laughs> yeah, like Vasilis Manoulis is one of the best players in the history of international basketball. Yeah, if he'd come over, if he'd been younger and come over at a time when people actually understood how to use euros in the NBA, he would have been good. Yeah, like have, Nemanja Bjelica is a good basketball player. Yeah, you got to use him correctly, but yeah, we don't, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole necessarily. But I think no, it's uh, competition is definitely uh, important, especially. Look, I mean, by the time we get to the draft, a lot of people will have watched a lot of uh, tape on the guys, uh, you know, in contention for the top pick, and we're going to talk about them in a second. But when you get down past the, you know, past the lottery, you know, people like you and me are dialed in on these guys. Most most fans probably saw these guys play once or twice, and that's fine. I mean, but- honestly, some of them. Uh, Melvin Frazier is a guy I'm into. I saw him play once, and I've watched a lot of tape on him now. But like, it's not a guy you oh, see yeah. a lot of. So you can't that, just you can't just guys- scout Melvin Frazier without actually going back and scouting. Like you can't go off of just your casual college basketball watching and talk about yeah. Melvin Frazier. Yeah, but I, you know, I I think that's that's an understandable. Like uh, it is, and that's something I I have to like try to be and try to remember because you know you and I are definitely the outliers in terms of 
how much we watch and do this stuff. So like I, I have to remind myself not to get upset when people when they just want to talk about Trey Young because they saw him all the time. And it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, I, I understand. Um, he's, he's famous and was, you know, did a lot of special things in college. I get it. Um, but oh, I, I wanted to ask you before we move on, I guess, you know, closer to the lottery guys, you know, obviously the Hawks have picks at 1930 and 34. Anybody stand out to you as like an obvious, you know, Hawksy target? I know it's difficult to do now because they have a new head coach and all that fun stuff, but like, there's I actually a few guys where I love, if, but good. I don't think there's any way Kevin Knox makes it that far, but they'd probably take him. Uh, I agree with you on both counts. Honestly, especially especially if and when they draft they draft a big at three, which seems to be the likelihood at this point, you probably wouldn't want to go with another pure big at nineteen if you can help it. I know they probably no. they, they can still do that, but in that range, uh, yeah, Knox would be. I don't think he's going to get there either. But no, I don't think he's going to get there. He's, he'd be a stretch four. That's his ideal role, and he'd be good at it. I imagine. It's like Bates um, Job, who's also a stretch four. <laughs> I think I think they're just I think they're probably going to zone in on like the bigger combo guard types unless unless they do something crazy with with uh schroeder which they like uh tony carr <laughs> jerome robinson if si- i mean i don't think i don't think simon should make it that far but if anthony simons makes it that far they jump all over him uh bruce brown i think they're going to look upside too because of the fact that they're in this rebuild i, I had a discussion with a couple of people yeah. you know on and offline about like the virtues of drafting some of these older guys like javon carter was a perfect example like a guy who i love but might not be the best Hawks fit because of the fact that he could, he's just going to be what he is. I think yeah, Javon Carter, Javon Carter should he should be top fifteen on some teams draft boards, and he should be not even on other teams draft boards. Like, it, like the Sixers could take him with if if they traded back or something, they could take him, and it would make sense. He'd be great he, there, yeah. But like you know, the Hawks or the Magic or whoever just shouldn't take shouldn't touch him. Like, there's just no reason. There's no upside there. You just know, yeah, you know exactly what he's going to be. Period. And I, and I think uh, somewhere along the way, weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, I would have said Divincenzo could make it to Fox, but I don't think he's going to make it there. Which is nuts. The second picks. I mean, and he's good. He's really fast. He is. He, he's a good. He's an interesting. Good player. I think he's like his shuttle times make more sense. Like it, it that puts the national title game in more context because he was blowing by like good Michigan defenders. Oh, he's a very team. good. He's a very good athlete. I, I think the I think the love fest has gone a little far at this. Yeah. Point. But I think he's a first round pick. I I think he might get a, he, he might go in the top seventeen or eighteen, and that's too high in my opinion. But you know he's yeah. he's an NBA player, and it's not like it's a big surprise that I'm saying that out loud because he's you know he's a free he's a pretty good athlete who can really shoot it, and that's a pretty that's a really good combination, obviously. But yeah, so his his path of success will be if he can really develop point skills. Yeah, which he did a little bit. He ran the offense sometimes when Brunson was off the floor, but also that's kind of an easy offense to run. He also had a really bad. I think it was a, about a, about a half when he was playing point guard because Brunson was in foul trouble in the tournament, and he really kind of imploded. Um, yeah, and you know he was he was really good after that. People forgot about it, but he's he had some really. I think it might have been it might have been against West Virginia. I can't remember, but he had a really bad that stretch. Right. Um, when you know, great, he was getting hounded, but it was like, oh, that guy's not a point guard. You can pretty much see that uh, he he still he uh, still could be, but not he's not there yet for sure. Talking about some guards real quick, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Hawks just took Isaac Manga. I have no idea if he's going to be coming over. I don't even know if he's going to stay in the draft, but he's he would six, be a he's very Hawksy pick. Yes. He's a six-eight point guard who has the good measurables and will probably be really good at defense. So, yeah, why not? he's a he's a guy. Uh, you know, Graham Chapel, who writes for Speedstreams.com, I assigned him Manga, and he did a huge deep dive on him and was like, "Yep, draft this guy. I like him quite a bit." I'm like, "Yeah, it's not a big surprise. Uh, he's a upside guy for sure." Like I said, Tony Carr would be a good early second kind of guy. Ellie Okobo, if he makes it there, but I don't think he'll make it there. 
He might get to 30. He'd be, he'd be a guy if, if, if they really want to, if they just feel like punting on Schroeder, which they should anyway. He's not good. Um, he's not very good. <laughs> I like, agree. He's not, he's not a bad guy. He's just not, I, I'm not, nothing he's ever done is maybe like, ah, oh, there's a well, point guard. Here, let's, do, let's just do this real quick since you're, uh, since you're here we're talking about it. It's my, I think that's a good point of entry to say that it's not that he's a bad player. It's that he's not the guy you want in the middle of a rebuild at the engine of what you're doing. Like that's not a guy yep. who's going to be your, the, the point guard, the next point guard on the next good Hawks team is not, is not going to be that shooter. I'd be, I'd be stunned if it was. It's just, that's just how it is. And Okubo has like real lead guard potential. I like him. He's a, he actually, weird comparison I had for him was like, if CJ Watson was uh, a normal sized NBA point guard and not like five foot 10, cause he's just a pull up shooter. And he's like fast. He's strong. CJ Watson was weirdly strong. He just was like five ten and a half. And Okubo's almost six four. Uh, um, we, we breezed by Melvin Frazier earlier. Do you think that's a guy? What do you think? What, what, do, you, what do you think of him in general? Let's just say. Uh, I I'll say this. I've mocked him to the Warriors the last like five times, which means he'll probably be like a really good role player for a long time. Because he's in. He's got huge. Like he's six six seven two and a half wingspan monstrous size uh he's very fast he's just he's just kind of raw you know he hasn't really developed all his skills yet but he has like passing skills he could shoot i mean maybe he could shoot you always want to be wary with guys who uh couldn't shoot through college and then their last year suddenly could shoot like that sometimes that that comes back to bite you chandler hushison's a guy i'm not super high on like i like him but i'm not super high on him for that reason i think he may fall um a little bit more than just be, just because a a he's a, he was a senior and because he's kind of a guy who I don't want to say he's even know exactly what he's going to be but he sort of has that Javon Carter thing where it's a very different player but you kind of know what he's going to bring you and not much I mean, more yeah Hutchinson is a really good athlete he's got good no I like him uh, so I, did you hear that report that apparently the Bulls are the team that promised him a first round pick uh, I'm not surprised 20, by that but I had not heard that at 22 which makes sense because he's a 22 year old they love that. That's a very, very Bulls pick. I think my last mock I had the Bulls taking uh, Mikhail Bridges and another old guy at 22. So that makes perfect sense. Old guys um, forever. Yeah, Kyrie Thomas, if he's around, would I mean I don't know. He's the kind of guy he probably he make more sense for Boston than he would for Atlanta because he's like he probably will he could be next year he could be like a quality rotation guy. It's like a. I think the Josh Hart pick was a, was a good pick for the Lakers. Like he'll be good, but he would have been more valuable on another team at the end of the first round. It's all it's all philosophical debate because I I, I, mean, I found Hawks fans that are like, no, give me upside all the way. I'm like, I understand that, but you have four picks. Like you you don't yeah, have yeah. to take upside on all four picks. I mean, you don't have to. But imagine if like um, Utah instead of taking that they had that Tony Bradley they they traded the thirty and the twenty seven around. I think. I think Tony Bradley could still be good, but imagine if Utah had taken Hart and the Lakers had taken Tony Bradley. Like that probably would have made more sense for both teams. <laughs> yeah, because Josh Hart like is good. No, I, I love they Josh up, Hart. They ended up uh, getting Royce O'Neal to be basically the same kind of player, so it, you know it's not like the Hawk, the Jazz. They've been winning a lot of drafts lately. Yes, so they have. Uh, Dennis Lindsay is very good at his job. Let's just say that. Um, okay, don't trade, don't trade in picks anymore. No, I, don't. Don't do that. Uh, two more guys I want to ask you about in this uh, in sort of the middle to late range, uh, and that's Troy Brown and DeAnthony Melton. 
Uh, Troy Brown has been I, like often mocked to the Hawks at 19, and Anthony Melton is a guy I have loved forever that is now people are starting to notice again. Yeah, I don't think either one of those guys should be at the late in the late first. Like uh, if, Troy Brown, if Troy Brown could shoot, he would be a top ten pick. Yep. Like he, if you knew for sure he would shoot, he could shoot. He'd be a top ten pick because he's he reminds me of a uh, uh, Tabo a lot actually, um, where he's not like an overpowering athlete. He's just kind of more fluid than he is explosive, but he's big. He's got huge, like just big size and like, and he has point guard skills and he was the second best. Re- he's a passer and a rebounder and a defender. It's a, an interesting mix of, uh, it's what you want in a surplus wing. And if he, he can learn how to shoot and he'll be really good. He was a top 15 prospect coming into the college season for a reason is what I'm saying. He was really, he's really good. Uh, and then and Melton, I would Melton should go before Colin Sexton. Honestly, like he's he's better than Ooh, Colin Sexton. I, I love that take. Uh, I'm not sure I 100% agree, but I I, don't, I think he's, it's a he's, lot closer than people would say. He's is. better. He's better at everything Colin Sexton's supposed to be good at. Uh, I agree with you in general on that, just because I think if if Melton could shoot and you knew he could shoot, he would be a lottery pick, and no one would even. He looks like it. yeah, he looks like he can now, but like Sexton's not that good of a shooter. No, he's not. That's one of my like, that's one of my worries with Sexton, and that's uh, frankly a lot of Hawks fans because he you know he's a local guy to Atlanta, so I'm, it makes sense. A lot of people love. I mean, if, if he's him. there at 19, if he's he's there in the second, oh, pick, he take won't it. be, but but he won't. Be. Yeah, there's yeah. no way. But he, he's a guy that like people want to like always trade up for. You know, it's like all right, trade Dennis and then trade up for Colin Sexton. It's like okay, I understand. Um, but I think Sexton is. More I don't likely know if that's to be, an upgrade. Yeah, I, I think Sexton is more likely to be a average to below average starter, which is a good player but i think yeah. people 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 think he's going to be a star and i don't really see that with him eric but and that's fine i mean but not but not as athletic yeah and that's fine i mean that's a guy who you want like in that range he's a good value in the mid first round if that if, if, if yeah. he becomes that but i think people because he had you know he's super competitive I, and you know i like I his think mentality he'll be over, i think he'll be overdrafted if he goes anywhere before like the first or second clippers pick unless some trades happen yeah, I think that's, that's an over. And that's him. fine. I mean, that's, you know, 12, 13, that's, that's a very appropriate range. I think people are going to, you know, you, you can find people that think he's better than Young and better than Shea, especially. Um, I don't he's necessarily agree. Sure. Yeah. Um, the thing is, there's always going to be somebody who disappoints in the top 15. Multiple somebody. Who's, actually. Your, who's I, your guy? Is, is he your guy this year that's going to disappoint? He uh, might be. He lottery? might be. Him or uh, if Kevin Knox goes in the top 10, he'll disappoint. <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't think he will, but he might. I mean, I think I think he might go in the lottery, though. I think he might. I think he might be a Clippers guy. Uh, frankly, um, I just there's no. I don't know. See what the upside is. Or a Charlotte um, guy, maybe. I mean, maybe maybe you draft Knox, thinking you could make him into like a Rashard Lewis type, and like that 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 takes out the top fifteen. That's true. that's fine. But yeah, hybrid hybrid uh, forward, athletic, still super young. Like I get it with I get it with Knox. I don't see a ton of upside. See, the thing is, the thing is, I don't know if he's that super athletic. Like he's a no. good athlete. He's a guy, he's like a Jalo, Hamadou Jalo, who, I mean, he's not as, like, Jalo tests athletically. He doesn't play They're athletically, insane, though. No. But he does not have functional athleticism to the level like Zaire Smith does, or even like, uh, and Bagley does. Like, Bagley has very functional athleticism. And we're, I'm not, I, I was so, I was souring on Bagley a little bit earlier in the season, but, like, he's going to be a top, he's going to be one of the five best players in this draft, I think. He's just good. Like, he's got a, such a high baseline. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about him in a sec. I do want to say real quick yeah. on, on Diallo, um, I think he might be the worst basketball player that gets drafted. Oh, no, he is. He will be. Because he, he's bad. 
at basketball. Yeah, he's not good at basketball. He might. He might be. He, I get it. He might be better. He's. He's a, a. You know. He's obviously a nuclear athlete physically, but I, he's very bad. Like he was a bad college basketball player. Period. No, he was not very good. Like he's at least not good. No, he. No. I mean. And, he, he, and I'm like, he did, uh, through the SEC tournament and in the tournament, he was playing better defense. He did he did improve a little bit late, but like if you're, if you're, if you're trying to compare him to even guys who I also would say was bad, like, were bad. Like Trayvon Duvall was also bad in college, and I think yeah. he was better than Abudiello was in college. Lonnie Walker wasn't very good, but he was also hurt and he could shoot. So yeah. there's two things, there's two reasons that he's a better prospect than Jallo. Even guy like like Gerald Vick should be a better prospect than Jallo. He was a better college like player. The same kind of player. Yeah. He's, he's just older. That's why he's not. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Real quick, I want to mention a few before we move on to the top. Yeah, there yeah. are a few other like wing guys I really like. Jacob Evans is good. I don't know if the Hawks would take him, but he's just good at everything. Oh, I would love uh, that. Like, if, if he gets a thirty, I'd love that. Yeah. Somebody somebody said he's he's like a. I, I said he's like James Ennis. Someone else I know said he's kind of like Courtney Lee, which should give you a good baseline. I think he's going to be in the league for a while. Like he's just good. He's a good defensive player. He is a good athlete. He can shoot. He does. He's just good. Um, I, I think they would take Vincent Edwards. He's too old. I don't think he's going to get drafted anyway. He's going to be good. But he'd, be he'd, a good he'd be a great two-way guy for somebody. Yeah. Or. or uh, uh, Gary Trent could be an interesting guy to draft. I saw um, Gary Trent go in somebody's mock at like 18, and I wanted to die. I was like, "What is? Yeah, why? what are we doing here? Like, I, I get it; he can really shoot, which is why he's. A, and of course, his name's Gary Trent, so and he played at Duke, so I get I get yeah. the attention. But like, he's not a first round pick. I'm sorry. He's no, not. he's not a better player than Kendrick Williams or. Uh, I mean, I, I th- is Admiral Schofield in there? I thought I think he might go back. I think he's. I think he's. I think I want. I think I want to say I thought he was going back. I'm not 100 sure. I haven't seen anything official, but, um, but uh, Kevin Herter, Horter is a guy who may go back, but probably should be drafted right now because he's six seven and he can shoot. And he had and, that incredible combine showing, so he's going to come yeah, out he, and be a top yeah. He lived combine. Um, what do you think here? I'm not a big Tyus Battle guy. Me neither. Do you? Uh, what did I, oh, he, dude, went, what do you he went to Syracuse. He went to Syracuse. That's why. <laughs> well, yeah, agreed. I, I haven't really liked anybody from there at all. I mean, I, I mentioned, I mentioned Duvall in passing. Is that a guy who you would even take a shot on at, at 34, for instance? I know, he, I know yeah, he's a shot sure, in college, sure. but oh yeah, absolutely. Just athletically, he's, he's a really good athlete. He, he plays hard. Pedigree too. Yep. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably um, a pretty good swath of guys. Oh, last guy. I have to ask you about Mo Wagner. My guy. I mean. Uh, you could take him. I, I don't know why the Haw- I don't know why the Hawks would take him. They wouldn't. Be like, they hey, wouldn't. Can him. we have another Mike Muscala? Okay, thanks. We have two of them now. Like, uh, I they, would love if he became Mike Muscala. Mike, Mike Muscala is a good NBA basketball player, so that'd be yeah, no, like, it's a good. It, it'd be a good outcome for him. But like, I don't know. The Hawks shouldn't do that. They won't. I just wanted to say that because that's my guy. As permission. Yeah, no. He's, I, he's, I totally he's a good. He's a good basketball player. He should. He's a guy who's. Player. He's not as good. Like he's a good shooter. I think he's marketed as like a knockdown shooter. But like he's probably better at other things than shooting. He was v- just a good. Yeah, he's a good like focal point of an offense. He actually he's tested a, better than I thought he was going to as well. I yeah, probably. yeah. He plays, he plays hard defense because you have to at Michigan or else he, you don't play basketball. He at least basketball. tries. I think he's going to be bad on defense in the NBA, but not like completely atrocious, if that makes no, sense. No, he's just going to be like a, a mediocre defender. Uh, he's, you know, he, fights, he fights on the boards. He switches well. He sets screens. Like, he's just he's solid. Um, real quick, 
uh, other guards, I would say Shake Milton would be an interesting guy for them to draft. I love Shake Milton. He's enormous, and he's he could enormous, shoot. And he had a bad he had a bad combos. People are off him now, but I you know six seven one wingspan, and he played yeah. point guard in college. Like that's <laughs> and, and he shot forty three percent from three. Like, he can play three positions, and he can defend three or four positions. Like he's good. Uh, Landry Shamit is bigger was bigger than I thought at the combine. I don't know if he's officially coming out, but he's good. Um, there's a lot of guys. Like I said, this is a weird draft because the top eight is pretty strong, and like the top sixty-five is pretty strong. And that doesn't usually happen. It's usually one or the other. Like like last year, I mean, it ended up being wrong, but the consensus was that it was like, it was like a two-player draft at the top, but then it was like forty-five guys the rest of the way. And then it just being both of those two, but uh, <laughs> last year's draft is ridiculous. It was, uh, yeah, if the 20, 2017 like, draft will be remembered for there, quite some time. There may, there's a significant chance that like Bam Adebayo is maybe like the eighth best player from that draft, and he was the best center on a playoff team. I mean, same, I mean, John, John Collins like had a yeah. pretty, pretty incredible John rookie Collins season. Was the, was the best player on, a, on his team. Probably. I mean, you could make the argument almost certainly. I mean, I would probably argue for Kent Bazemore, but... Yeah, I was going to say Kent, and then uh, maybe... I, I don't know about Torian Prince. I don't know if he's good enough defensively to actually... He was so do, bad on defense yeah. for three months that I, I just can't do it. But yeah, I, you, you can see it there. But yeah, I mean, the fact that Collins is... I know the Hawks are bad, but he he was, was very, very good as a rookie. Yeah, um, you know, that's a ridiculous draft, but... I think I mentioned pretty much everybody at the back end. I mean, there's more guys I could go. There's tons. Down. I know we we could probably know, talk about 50 guys or more. But um, Fletcher McGee, Malik Newman. Ooh, Malik Newman's an interesting guy to be sure. Yeah, he's gonna be in the end. I I think he'll get drafted. Um, yeah. I don't know. Bryant Crawford's actually in the draft, but I don't like him. He might go back from Wake Forest. You know, all these guys. Tukey Brown may go back. He's interesting. John Elmore may go back. He can shoot. Lots of guards. Lots of. Wings. The wing depth in this draft is, is nice. There could be 15, 20 guys who end up being like NBA wings. That's a lot. That and helps. That's the, and the league needs them because there's not enough. Everybody, nope. everybody needs wings. Um, all right, let's go to the top guys real quick. I, uh, you know, all indications are that um, DeAndre Ayton will not be available for the Hawks, um, but he's the only guy that seems like it's a hundred percent chance he won't be available with the Hawks uh, picking there. What do you think of him though? Real yeah, quick? He's, he's not getting past two. I don't think so. I, don't, I mean. <sighs> There's always the question: Is like, are you really drafting a big man at the top of a draft like this? A big man who only does one or two, like a one-dimensional big at the top of this draft in this NBA climate. Like, look at the conference finals right now, and the only bigs playing legitimate roles are Al Horford and Clint Capella, who are both switchy pick and roll guys. Like, there's nobody, there's no bigs. In this, like, Joel Embiid got put out. Uh, I mean, Carl Towns got put out. Porzingis didn't make. I mean, Porzingis is more of a switchy guy, but all these like big post players didn't make playoff runs because the NBA is not built for that right now. And um, I don't know, Aiden. But you have. I think you have to take Aiden top two because he's just he's physically like he's almost unprecedented. He's ridiculous physically, and his 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 uh, ceiling is top twenty player all time. Which is crazy, like, but yeah. Like the best way to describe him, I've been using this for a while. Is he's a uh, if you put Patrick Ewing's brain and David Robinson's body, so that's like a it's a compliment and an insult because it's like yeah. I mean, it's you know he, like he's terrifying. Like 
My my whole I think the only thing that you know defense scares me in general with Aiden, but the thing that really scares me is that apparently all indications are that he wanted to play power forward in college. Yeah, he calls himself a power forward. He thinks he's a power forward. He's not a power forward, and everybody knows. I that. feel like that's more a symptom of college basketball. Still thinking that you have to have two bigs. I, I hope that's true because you know even you know, everybody that watched them this year is like, why is he playing with it with another true center? Like I think this makes no sense at all. But apparently it was he one of those things. Yeah, it's the same thing that happened with Jaron Jackson. Like Jaron Jackson was playing next to Nick Ward, uh, who's a center, <laughs> who has like no forward skills at all. Six seven, uh, you know, he's true not, bully center. Yeah. Nick yeah, Jackson. he's he, like Nick Ward's not bad. No, he's, he's a good player. But like, yeah, it, it's um, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, Aiden's shooting is maybe a little over overblown. Like he he loves taking Marcus Morris style shots, and it's like I don't want that. I'm not drafting that, but yeah, I think he has to go top two. Like, if you could get to him, you could coach him. He'll be, he'll probably be great. Yeah, I, uh, I think I don't want to spend too much time on. But the, M- the, M- the MB comparisons need to not happen because uh, MB no, is one of the best different. defensive players in the history of college basketball. Yeah, they're very, and very different prospects. I think you know people not. just people just see the the most recent true center prospect, and he's that yeah. basically. Yeah, um, MB is very different. Uh, Aiden. Joel Embiid would not would not have gotten taken out of a game by a Buffalo team that starts one six foot ten guy like that would have happened. He would have destroyed. He would have obliterated that team. No, I mean, and I think when uh, when we saw what Aiton did in the Pac twelve tournament, it was like, all right, it's over, number one pick, and then you see a little bit of the risk. I I still like Aiton, but it's not like I think he's a no doubt number one guy in this class because of the defense. I don't even know, Luca. And, and the um, question you have to ask with him is. It, what's more? What's more? Like, what's the more upsetting thing? Because you always hear there's always that vaguely racist, like, oh, he just doesn't care about defense, like effort thing. And like, Dan Drayton plays hard. Would you rather a guy not care about defense or not have the defensive instincts required? Because I'm more worried it's the second one with him. And if it's the second one with him, he's just never going to be good. That end. Yeah, that's that's the, the the big question with Aiden, and you know Bagley's the same way in some ways. Like the big, well, the, uh, yeah, the back the Bagley's like it's not an effort thing with Bagley. No, he Bagley plays hard all the time. Period. It's just he doesn't have. It's actually honestly it's a length thing for Bagley, which is its own problem. But uh, yeah, I mean Bagley, I I don't know how it feels. They took him at three. Like I said, the shooting may he may be a good shooter. He may become one. Like he, he became. He definitely calmed down. He's just not a good foul shooter right now. And that's always a worrying stat for a college player. Like I don't know if I'm taking a guy shot in the 60s and thinking he's going to be like a marksman. Well, and you know, here's a big, a big, big picture. Uh, you know, everybody's asking me what to think about a potential Bagley Collins pairing. I don't think it's ideal at all. At the same time. I do think if the Hawks evaluate him to be their best, to be the best player available, you just take yeah. him anyway. I mean, the Celtics have proven. I feel like we we sometimes when we when we put teams together, we think too much about like guys with. We think complementary skills are like, well, this guy can shoot and this guy can rebound. When it's like, I mean, a lot of teams would not have taken Jason Tatum because they had Jalen Brown. They're conceptually the same kind of player, but then like they've been really good together because they're both good at several things and like Bagley's good at several things and so is Collins I don't know if either one of them could shoot enough to really stretch out a defense but it's also like you're not playing them they're not going to be playing the same minutes every game like they're not going to be playing 38 minutes together like they come like no, their hockey and you shifts would probably want to stagger them as much as possible anyway and I do think 
at the end of the day, one of them is going to have to be able to shoot better than I think yeah. they will be. Uh, and defensively, the only reason it might work is because Bagley is such a freak and Collins is a good athlete too. So maybe those yeah. guys can fly around enough to make it work. Yeah, but you know, at the end a, of the day, he has, he has great second and third jumps. He, oh, he yeah. plays with he also, I'm all, uh, part of part of the reason I like before the season I was thinking he'd be a fun fit in Boston, which is you know, I'm sorry for saying that, is uh <laughs> he's got like he could be, he could be like one of those guys who just covers pick and rolls like crazy because he moves so fast, but because like Horford's not huge, but Horford's just fast, and he's um, just brilliant as well. Horford just always in the right place, and you know, it is what it is. But I I, I do think. There is some concern about the fit, but you know, there's a report basically from uh, from Gavoni at ESPN that you know almost indicates that Bagley's number one on the Hawks board. And I'm not sure. I mean, I don't believe anything that I hear right now because nobody should. No. But it could be true. I mean, I wouldn't blow me away at all if they just said, "All right, we're taking him regardless," and they might. Yep. <sighs> um, They've been worse picks. I mean, he's not Anthony Bennett. No, I, I do think with Bagley, he has a he has a high floor because he is so, so athletic and he plays so hard. He's going to be productive at something. He's one of the better rebounders in the class. Yeah, Top he rebounds like a, like a madman. Like he's going to score around the rim. Like he, you know, he's going to do some things that are productive for you. It's just there's a pretty big gap between what he could be and what he, you know, what the floor is. He's like, not Chris Bosh. He's not. He's never going to be Chris Bosh. He doesn't have the. And that's a comp you hear. I, I actually agree with you on that. I, I think he's just a different kind of player. He's going to have. My to just, comp for him is is Amari, but like with higher upside on defense. Which is funny because <laughs> that's the that's Hawks fans' favorite comp for John Collins <laughs> is Amari. Yeah. Well, they're very similar players. So they are. One of them, one of them's just left-handed, and the other one's not. Um, yep. All right, that's probably enough on Bagley. Uh, I know you are uh, one of the leading members of the Jaron Jackson Jr. fan club, so uh, talk, am, talk I, Hawks fans into it because a lot of Hawks fans do not want Jaron Jackson Jr. because they just see points they, per game. <laughs> they, yeah, they haven't watched Jaron Jackson Jr. play. He's the fastest big I've ever seen in my life. He's a he's, monster. He's ridiculously fast, and I feel like Bamba and Aiden have overshadowed that he is absolutely an elite athlete. Like He's an insane athlete. He measured out at six eleven, almost two forty, with a seven five and a half wingspan. He's so fast. He's fat. He was the fastest player on that Michigan State team, and like Miles Bridges is an excellent athlete. Um, he's got great foot speed. He's got the, the the real weaknesses with him are that he allegedly is not. He's foul prone. That's a problem. But so are most eighteen year olds. And it's not like he's like Marquise Chris, where he's just obviously stupid. Like he doesn't understand how to play basketball. Um. I think he'll be developing into a good ball handler. Like he's shown flashes of it. There's a that Illinois game because they were playing Illinois. He just started dribbling the ball around and doing behind the back dribbles and dunking on people. And like <laughs> they couldn't do anything. I'm sure you remember when uh, they tried to have Wagner guard him, and it was just like there's nothing it, like it didn't go well. He can't. Nothing can happen. Like he, the, I don't know. There's there's such it's such a rare combination of absolute physical dominance where like he, he could people could not do anything to him and also he's maybe the quickest reactions in the draft he's the best shot blocker in the draft he's an insane shot blocker he also could defend anyone like i feel like he could guard anyone on any switch like it's he's he's one of my favorite prospects ever he's also a good shooter he shot over he got 80 percent from the line and like with the high 30s from the three and it's like he'll real be a, too. yeah he'll be a good shooter He's just releases kind of slow, but again, he's six eleven with a seven five wingspan. Nobody, he's blocking his shot. He put up like his advanced numbers. It was him, 
the only guys to do it. I, mean, I can find it. It was the, certain block percentages, rebound percentages, steal percentages, and true shooting. The only freshmen to do it in the last 15 years were him, Embiid, Cat, and Anthony Davis. And he, uh, he, <laughs> do you know what the big difference between him and those guys are? He was almost a year younger than any of them. Yeah. He was al- almost two full years younger than Joel Embiid was at this in, in the freshman year. And he was coached, and he was coached by uh, Tom Izzo and played a lot less than those guys did. <laughs> yeah, he played 20 minutes a game because Tom Izzo doesn't like he doesn't like having talent. He hates it. Actually, he would prefer to play at seventh year senior transfer from bum Maryland than uh, play like a five star prospect. That's why he doesn't get five star prospects because they go there and they don't play basketball. But Darren Jackson did, and he was maybe the best player in college basketball per minute. Like he was just utterly dominant. I can't. This is a risky comparison. Like all comparisons are risky. I. I will say, till the day that I die, that if Kevin Garnett had played college basketball, his numbers would look like Jaron Jackson's did this year. I think you may not be wrong. It's, I mean, twenty ten and five blocks per game, two I'll, assists. I guess it. I don't. Know, I think people that have watched him enough. Sort it's of a mentality. On, that, that's his other weird weakness. Like I don't know if Jaron knows how good he is. I, that is a concern for me, at least. Like his mentality, like he 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 is willing to disappear at times. But he's so also far. willing. But it, it's not like he doesn't. He he just doesn't want the, all the shots. But it's not like he stops playing defense. Oh, agree. I, I don't think I am not worried about his defense at all, at all. Like Bag, one of Bagley's big selling points is that he's a he physically outmatches people. He draws fouls all the time. Do you know what his free throw rate was? Uh, Bagley's. No, I do not. Forty six. Pretty good. Yeah. You know what Jaren's was? Fifty seven. Extremely good, better than Colin Sexton's, who's that's his biggest skill. Like, no, Jared is he's he had the the highest DBPM in, in the top of this class by an enormous amount. Like he, I, I would take him. You want to talk about somebody you could mold? Like I said, he could play any style of basketball conceivable, and he's one of the youngest guys in the draft. Like I. There's basically no. I, I feel like he's one of the he's one of the few guys in this draft who could be first team All NBA. He will almost certainly be make a defensive team in his career. He's an amazing defender. Well, that's one of the things people always bring up with me is like that he has you know quote unquote lack of lack of uh, you know lack of upside or whatever it is. Like people think that because he does like, he has an, a huge amount of upside. And I totally agree with you. My my thing is, I mean, I guess I'm trying to help Hawks fans realize what he could be because you know people that want the Hawks to get a quote-unquote star. Don't he could be Chris Bosh. He's a hundred times more like Chris Bosh than Bagley is. Yeah. Especially because Chris Bosh was not a major ball handler coming out of college. He was a post-up guy. So, like, maybe maybe Jaron could be the best player on a title, like a, a contending team, but I don't think Aiden or Bagley could. Yeah. I mean, I know. I'm, a, I'm actually kind of with you on this. I just think people – there's always going to be a segment that see – his lack of, you know, number one option offense at college level and don't think he can do it at the NBA level. And I don't think he's ever going to be the best, like a dominant offensive player. I don't think that. He could be, no, though. I, I mean, Chris Bosch wasn't. Right, he could be. I mean, Bosch was finally unlocked when he was a secondary piece offensively. He could do everything that he wanted yeah. to. He's a Hall of Famer. Like, it is what it is. Um, I just think, I'm with you 100%. I think he is a star. It's just in a different kind of way. It's, People think of star as 30-point score. don't. Yeah, we don't. We we still value defense so much less than offense. Like he is so much better on defense right now than anyone in this draft is on offense, except maybe Trey Young. 
But Trey Young is but a horrific a defender. <laughs> yeah. Trey Young's a horrific defender, and like Jaron's a good shooter and will be a quality offensive player. The Serge Ibaka comparison for me is insane because it's like he's so much bigger than Serge Ibaka and faster. And already and already has a better basketball IQ right now at, yeah. at 19. Yeah. I, you, I mean, you'll remember conventional draft wisdom, not not uh, scouts, by the way. This time, you know, three years ago, it was like Okafor and Carl Towns are interchangeable. It's like they're not. Like one of them – now, this is not nearly that level of – because like – No, it's not. Good. The gap's not that big. It's not. But a, a good example, like Aaron Gordon was considered kind of a low offensive upside, and like he's a good offensive player right now. Yeah, no, I, I think you, you and I are closer on this than certainly than you know you and I collectively would be to everybody else. I think. I mean, do you think yeah. Dave Jackson at one is that where you are, or is it? Or, I or is he, or is he about two it. to Doncic. Right now he's two, but I'm honestly thinking about it because like there are no concerns with him offensive or athletically. No, no concerns at all. Like he's he's going to be. Well, about like an elite NBA athlete, honestly. Like he's, I can't over overstate how fast he is. You can and, watch and tape of him. And I don't think like people want to. At least some people want to. He's like also simple. He's got great balance. Like he's a, an exceptional athlete in every way. And I've heard this narrative that he's like a boomer bust player. I don't see that at all. I think his no. his floor is super high because of his defense. He's a high, super high floor, high ceiling. That's the guy you draft number one. Right, especially you know, again, like I don't, I don't, I don't see him busting. I, I, his no. his bust would be a very, very good defensive player that is also versatile offensively, but just disappears offensively, and that's still a good player. That's still a starter in the NBA. His like, like his his bust would be Serge Ibaka. Like, oh, he's still pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see him busting. Stopped. I just don't. No. In fact, like I would argue for sure at this point that out of the top four. That we've just talked about, it's you know Jackson, Bagley, Doncic, and Aiton. I think Aiton has the lowest floor. Yeah, only yeah. because Aiton might be my Aiden, Aiden's defense might be might be so bad that he just can't be on the floor at times. I'm not saying he's not. Sure. I think he's a good prospect. I'm just saying out of those four guys, I think he actually weirdly has the highest plus potential, and I, I think it's still pretty low, frankly. Only because yeah. you know Bagley play Bagley plays so hard that he's going to be. I'll a say this player. I'll say this of the top five bigs, I think Aiden has that. Yeah, Aiden has the highest bust potential. And again, Tied I'm not Bamba. saying he's going to bust I'm, or that it's how I'm, that it's I'm coming around on Bamba. I'm coming around on Bamba's uh, floor lately. Well, I mean, defensively, Bamba, like, there's, you know, with, with, with that length and what he could be defensively, this floor is, you know, is still a productive player. I mean, it's it's not, he's not as, his floor's not as high as Jackson's, but like, Bamba. Uh, a guy, uh, I actually think, uh, I don't think the Hawks should take him at three. But if something happened, if they got like a somebody offered them a deal and they moved back to five or so, uh, Wendell Carter. They, I, they I would, love Wendell Carter. I mean, he's extremely Al Horford. He's he's like a carbon copy almost. Yeah, I mean, Al, he's not as funny. quick. He's not as quick. He would be the guy who would inspire the the angriest reaction from Hawks fans because he is so not flashy. He's um, second fiddle to Bagley. And that, and the fact, just the fact that he just, you know, he's never going to be he's better, any, except that he's better at everything. Well, right now, for sure. Maybe not, maybe not rebounding. No, Carter, Carter's very, very good. I'm not, it wouldn't be for me. I think most Hawks fans would be like, you got to be kidding me with, with Wendell Carter. But I would be like, okay, that's, that's fine. I like Wendell Carter. <laughs> yeah, wherever Carter goes, hopefully the Bulls, that sounds like what's happening. I'd be very happy with that. He's going to average like 11 and 6 next year. And people will be like, he's okay, I guess. And then in four years, he'll be in the All Star game and be like, "Oh, I guess he's pretty good." Yeah, like he's just would, really good at everything. You would think that he'd be uh, 
a pretty good player. All right, I want I do have to ask about Luca. Uh, last last but not least, because I love him. He's my number one guy. Um, it looks like he'll be gone by the time the Hawks pick. But there's you know all the all the smoke screens are out there that he, that he could fall, yeah. including the including the fact that the Hawks apparently could pass on him as well at three, which is outrageous in my opinion. But uh, well, my, my about theory about that. Do you think if if Bud was still in, with the Hawks that they would be saying that? Because I don't. Uh, I mean, Bud didn't have a whole lot of pull in the front office once he lost his uh, power. I don't think, but you know, he he's an extremely Bud player in a lot yeah. of ways. I, I mean, I love about, him. I love Luca, frankly. So my comparison for Doncic and this how someone reacts to this will tell you exactly how seriously you should take their basketball opinions. His his ceiling is it, people have been trying to figure that out. His ceiling is of what if Brandon Roy was six foot eight and didn't have terrible knees. And people have to remember what Brandon Roy was as well. Yeah, which, you know, if, if you don't think that guy is a is a potential number one pick, then you don't understand the sport you're watching. Especially now it, in a league that even you know even more so than when Roy was playing emphasizes that kind of player. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be a primary ball handler. I, I don't think he can be because he doesn't handle ball pressure well right now. That's like one of his biggest weaknesses. That and then he just his other biggest weakness is that he's played too much basketball lately. People people equate his incredible passing vision with point guard, and that's not that's not what he is. He, he you, you can be a great passer and not be a primary ball handler. Like I mean, he's yeah. an awesome passer. I mean, there's no there's no doubt about that. He can pass. There's no question. He's um, probably the best passer in the last I don't know 15 years in the draft process. Him and Rubio and like. Uh, I want to say like Simmons is an excellent passer. Simmons's thing more is that he creates passing lanes because he's just such an unbelievable athlete. Yeah, no one's a great passer. I think Luca has more natural passing vision and yeah. IQ than Simmons does. Yeah. Simmons also does the Steve Nash thing where he he misses passing lanes and then sees them again later and makes them <laughs> more more difficult and more impressive pass. And he's six ten, like, and he can do freakish things that helps to create. Light. I mean, again, he's still he's still an awesome passer. It's just he yeah. has some. Uh, it, it, it goes about it differently. Let's just say. I that. don't think Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons does not pass people open. No, not now. He might be able to do that, but he doesn't, he doesn't do it now. Yeah, yeah. He was a rookie, he not by the way, which is open, you know it is what it is. Passes. Yeah, we're talking about him. We're already. He's already getting like. The stuff that Anthony Davis got in like his fourth year kind of criticism. So that's that's impressive. Um, no, Doncic is great. The th- uh, things about Doncic that are important to remember: he's going to be a good, good rebounder. Like he, he's huge. he has good, he has pretty good length. He has good. He has a good nose for the ball. For like, if he's not playing the four, if he's playing any position lower than the four, he's going to be a plus rebounder for that position. Um, I, I don't think he's going to be a bad defender. I don't think he's going to be a good defender. I mean, he's kind of slow. He can be slow laterally, but he's also goes, big. That goes to the big question, and that you know everybody that doesn't like Doncic wants to tell you that he's not a good athlete, and that's his problem. So where are you at with the with the separation stuff offensively and the athletic stuff just in general? It could, it could be a, it could be a problem, but again, it's not like every possession is guarded as well as it possibly could. And, and also, any- how much of a problem? I guess is the bigger question because like, I think everybody agrees he's not a nuclear athlete. He's never going to be a nuclear athlete, but no, he also, he's got heavy. Yeah. But like, how much of that? I mean, some of that has to do with the fact that he hasn't been able to train in a year and a half. No, um, no, he's been playing basketball for eighteen months, and also he's huge. That's the thing. Professional want, basketball. If he was six five <clears throat> and like two hundred pounds, I would be a lot more worried about his lack of athleticism. Yeah, he's but, he's two thirty five. He's huge, and six eight. Like he's he's yeah. huge. He's almost as big as Gordon Hayward. I think they might be the exact same size. Maybe he might be. Like, I think I think Hayward's shorter. A little- 
Yeah. When Gordon Hayward, like, is a hybrid 3-4 and everybody doesn't even blink an eye, you know? Like, I don't know. It's... So, are, 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 I guess, I'm, you know, how worried are he you, is. like, floor and ceiling-wise? Like, what is his floor for you? I think that's that's sort of a point of contention because I think it's super high. I think you do too, but yeah, what does that actually mean? Yeah, his floor is, like, good NBA starter. Like, his floor would be, like, I mean, look at, watch Joe Ingles' entire playoff run. His floor is like, what if that guy was better at everything he's good at? Except for shooting. I don't know if he's a better. I don't know if he's a better spot up shooter, but yeah. he could be. <laughs> he's got a very, very good release. I think he's just he's just worn out. He shot poorly this season because again he'd been playing basketball for eighteen months and he was getting quadruple teamed by professional basketball teams. Like maybe his shot selection is a little. He likes step backs maybe more than you should for a guy who has kind of an average release. But yeah, I, I think. He could be just like, what if Joe Eagles could handle more of a load defensively and offensively? That's like his floor. And his ceiling, like I said, is his Brandon Roy. So like I yeah, he's gonna be good. Bigger, bigger, better Brandon Roy, which is crazy. <clears throat> the reason he and Jaron are my number one and number two is because I don't think there's a place they could go where they would be bad in the draft. I don't think they could be no. they'll be good no matter where they go. Yeah, I, I think <clears throat> it, it's hard it's just hard to explain to some people that like the value of Doncic's safety. Like yeah. versus I, nobody's. I don't think I've seen anybody say you know at least anybody that I would say is trustworthy say that he's like some like you know generational going to be super duper duper star. Nobody's really saying that. Uh, I think maybe maybe a year and a half ago we might we might have thought that maybe he's a generational star as far as European prospects go. Oh no, I totally agree with that, and I, and I think he, I think he, he could be an All NBA player. I don't think he's that ever going to be the best player in the league. And that's what people there's an, like. There's an athletic, there's an athletic hurdle he's never going to get over. Correct. That and I, I think once you say that to people, they're going to be like, "All right, well then you can't take him number one." And it's like, "Well, no, you have to value in like you know safety matters." Like, I think he's a foundation. I think he's a foundational player, just like I think Jaron was, just like I thought Fultz was, just like I thought Carl Towns was. Uh, I didn't think Timmons was. I wasn't sure because I just Timmons was a horrible defender in college. But no, he's really good at it, so he is too. It was effort with Simmons in college and system. Yeah, it was LSU, a, LSU was horrifically coached, and he, he just didn't care, which was – it's fine. Um, yeah. Doncic is going to be – I think he's going to be a passable defender at too. worst because he's so smart, and he'll get, he'll get more athletic yeah. in the NBA, which is a weird thing to say, but I think he's going to. Yeah, he will. He'll, he'll, just get, he'll, he'll be in better shape. He'll be uh, you know, better trained and all that fun stuff. He'll, he'll never be a shutdown guy defensively, but if you can pass like he can and shoot off the dribble like he can, like, he's going to be good. There's just yeah. no way around it. Um, uh, I mean, well, so I guess, you know, ideally for you, you know, I, I think I know the answer, but just to ask the question from the Hawks perspective, if, if one and two go as everybody thinks they're going to go with Aiton and Doncic in some order, you would take Jackson? Yes. That's what I thought. I wouldn't even think, I wouldn't even think about it. Uh, I, I'm leaning in your direction as well. I'm trying hard to not make a full pronouncement until mid June, but, uh, you know, if, if the draft was today and those are my options, uh, I would take Doncic three if he's there, and if he's not, I would take Jackson. But we're, we're gonna, you know, I'm leaving my, I'm trying to leave my mind open for Bagley because I think that might be the way that things go. I don't, I don't want to close my mind off to it. But uh, Jackson is has the edge. I don't, wanna, I don't want to say it'd be a mistake because I do like, I like Bagley's good. He is. He's extremely productive, and sometimes that can be over uh, overestimated in college. But he was insanely productive for a freshman. Um, but I mean, you look. I I don't know if I want to take a guy that high who. They had to put him in his own defense to hide him, to have any chance of winning. Yeah, I mean, so that wasn't all him, I will say. But Shashevsky does not have to coach defense. No, they were. That was a. 
that was hard to watch at times. And, I, upsetting. and honestly, it's really upsetting to me that so many high-level prospects keep going there. And I mean, the thing keep is, being bad defenders. They and, literally, by the end of the season, were they had five guys who will probably be top forty draft picks, top forty-five draft picks. Yeah, playing together like as a starting five, and they couldn't play man-to-man defense in college. Yeah, like that's absolutely insane. Like they have two two no doubt lottery picks uh, as bigs, plus Grayson Allen, and then Trayvon Duvall and Gary Trent, who were you know both freshmen who were kind of lost, but still like it's insane that they couldn't defend. <laughs> Those might be the only the only time they could ever defend was when Javon Delorey was playing, and he's not even gonna get drafted this year. Because he's a, he was a defense only kind of you know super long guy anyway. Uh, without like going lot, too deep on Duke, but yeah, twenty nineteen top fifty pick Javon Delore. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. I'm, I'm with it. Uh, Todd, Todd Gibson Todd Gibson Jr. I love I how him. you already have takes on Javon Delore now. I really appreciate I liked, that I liked him you. last year. Uh, Every time people, I watch Duke, I'm like I like that guy. If people can't figure out, uh, Brian is all in on this, uh, and you guys should be following him. I'm gonna let him uh, pump himself up right now. I don't think he likes to do that very much, but please tell people where they can find you on Twitter and uh, all your Patreon stuff, man. Uh, Twitter at Cosmos and Patreon at Cosmos. Oh, very difficult. Uh, I, I'm I gonna C O S M I S. I'm gonna be doing the Patreon stuff through Summer League because I'm going, and then I'll probably uh, just like cancel it for a couple months because I don't really know what I, what scouting I'll be doing in September and on August, but uh, I'm going to go full force with it next college season. So It's a great time to, to be... Uh, to be uh, I was going to do this stuff anyway for my own benefit because I don't want to miss out. I kind of missed on Jason Tatum last year. like I didn't understand how good he was in college, and I just don't want to do that anymore, so I figured if I can make you know, 30, 25, 30 bucks a month, why not? Yeah, and uh, I'm a, I'm a patron of your uh, page. It's great content. So if you guys are draft uh, diehards or if you just want to catch up on some guys um, from a Hawks perspective, uh, check out Brian's work on Twitter and on Patreon and all that fun stuff. Well, And uh, hopefully the Bulls won't make you really angry in the next couple of months. Well, I, I'm a, my worst case, if they take Michael Porter and Grayson Allen, I'm going to be extremely upset. So anything less than that, I'll be like, eh. Do you have wait? Okay, I was gonna let you get out of here, but do you do you have Michael Porter takes? Because uh, there is there is a segment of Hawks fans that really want my that really want him, and I don't I do not. Want him. Um, the, it's a character thing more than I mean. It's also he's like does not pass, which he happens does a lot not pass guys. ever. He is a, a black hole. There's a real chance he could be like Michael Beasley, but less athletic, which is a, a not a good see not a good floor for somebody to have. My, Michael Beasley, but without the college production. Congratulations, Michael Beasley. Michael Beasley, but with with a horrific back, with like major back surgery. He has uh, he has upside beyond that, obviously. But um, yeah, he does. He has good upside. He could shoot. Yeah, it's ri- that, that's about as risky as it gets. I will say with Porter. Yeah, I would take him top five. No chance. I I'd rather, I'd rather I, have Trey Young, which says all you need to know. I'm, I'm not a Trey Young guy. I, I would much rather have Trey Young than Michael Porter. So yeah, Trey Young has has at least one real NBA skill. Probably two. He's a great passer. He's a great passer, and the jumper is real. So, uh, at, at the very least. But all right, man. Well, I've kept you too long. I appreciate it, yep. Brian. Uh, we'll do it again. No um, and again, everybody follow Brian's work, and I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Thanks so much. Yep. Have a good one. As for everybody else, we'll be back again later in the week with another podcast. And until then, subscribe to the pod. Do all that fun stuff. We'll see you guys then.